Um, I, I really struggled with that because I, I did not want to be in the public and um, my, uh, my director of programming at the time said, this is something that you're good at. It's a natural fit for you. So you need to figure out how to make your peace with that and enjoy it. And how I made my peace with that was, okay, if I'm going to be in the public, then what can I do to serve the public? If we can connect and, and amplify how we're serving, why wouldn't we? Having somebody that is invested in your dreams, um, you know, uh, it, it gives you permission to dream. I just said yes, because it, it felt right. It felt like I was in some ways always sort of steering towards, uh, towards uh, being a part of Make-A-Wish full-time. Welcome to the Improvement Nerds podcast, where it's our goal to bring together a bunch of improvement nerds in order to start and improve evolution by providing people with a new tool set, a new skill set, and a new mindset. We're grateful that you're spending time with us today. If you enjoy what you hear, please follow our podcast and subscribe because there's sure to be good content that occurs in these conversations as we nerd out. If it's, you know, like you don't have to give a lot, but the second that you give, it's almost like you just automatically are giving back to you too. I mean, that's every cause is worthy and it's just figuring out like, where can I make the most difference? Where can I take my, my talents, my natural abilities and have the most impact? We're all a lot more alike than we realize and every weird thing that you think no one else could possibly care about this, uh, they do. Uh, so it's, it, it's just a, a neat way to, to share passion, but saying yes to those things is what has put me, um, you know, in this, this position that I, I take so seriously. And that if you've come to my community, I, I have a duty to you to make sure that you feel safe, that you know, that you're included. And is there something that you want to do that we're not doing? Um, as far as serving. Hey, Improvement Nerds. This is Tom. I'm back with another Improvement Nerds episode. Today, I've got a very fun guest. I think it's a person everyone's going to fall in love with immediately. Uh, I sure did. So how I came about KJ and got to know her and meet her was through the virtual networking world, participating in an online networking event and getting to see other individuals and hear their stories and what they're doing as small business owners and entrepreneurs and uh, social media activists. So it was just a melting pot of individuals. So part of that, as we're um, doing this conference, I look at one of the images and in the background are some Avengers and I think there were Star Wars stuff up that day also. So, uh, you know, I was messaging this person like, we've got to meet, like I've got those same problems. So our relationship obviously blossomed because we're both nerds uh, about the multiple universes. I, I don't discriminate. I celebrate them all. Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, all the universes are welcome in our household. Uh, so that's how we kind of got things started. Another thing that drew her to me is during her presentation, when she was introducing herself, she barely talked about herself and she talked a lot about serving others. And I'd learned that she was involved in Make-A-Wish, which is uh, a foundation, a program that 
uh, has been very important to me, my family, and my circle of friends. They have helped out one of my good friends. Um, and, you know, uh, we, he and I, charity, uh, did a charity run for them and completed two Ironman races to to raise funds for them. So the foundation was something I was aware of and was really excited about and was just um, pumped up to get to connect with KJ because that's part of what she does. So I invited her onto the episode to nerd out with me. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. I know that because we, in prep for this, we already did a whole bunch of nerding out, right, KJ? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are we are primed to nerd out here. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've primed the pumps. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I tried my best to leave some space in the, in, in the introduction to allow for you to elaborate. So before we get into your story, I want to first make sure people know how to get a hold of you. I, I found that it's important to like mention this like at least nine times in an episode. So as people hear what you're saying and they're motivated to reach out to you and learn more about your background and get connected with you, I want to be sure that we've positioned it so that they can find you. So how do people find you? Um, you know, the easiest way is if you uh, just go to kjonair.com, it'll connect you to all my places, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, and so kjonair.com has kind of become my my hub uh, over the years as I continued to join multiple social media networks, although I have stayed away from TikTok so far. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yes, I, I've checked out some of your platforms and I enjoy following your content. And it's kind of, as we kicked off the show, I talked about being an equal opportunity nerd. Uh, I think KJ on air definitely is a visual representation of that. There's so many fun, nerdy things on there. Uh, so I enjoy following your feed and I'd encourage people to check you out. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, so, so excited to have you. Um, give us a little bit of your elevator speech and your background. Um, I know a lot of people who do the work that they're doing now kind of like a meandered to get there. Like they've discovered it along the way. Maybe they didn't know like, Hey, this is what I want to be when I grow up. But along the way, these things come together. And I think a lot of times it's because that person learned to say yes when they really wanted to say no. And they just trusted where this thing was going. So I'm curious if that's how everything played out for you. So give us a little bit of your story. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I've always been uh, very, uh, very passionate about music. And that was where my life began. And in little uh, rural Wisconsin, where I grew up, the only uh, music-related uh, field I could get into was being on our little radio station. Uh, so I began uh, there in high school working in radio um, and really loved uh, that, that music connected people. So I've always been very uh, passionate about about connecting and uh, you know the the emotion and the, and the impact that a, that a song can have on so many different people um, in so many uh, different personal ways. So that was where I began, um, and I uh, took the turn into uh, philanthropy uh, full time just about a year ago. Um, but the reason that I really decided that was uh, where I should be. Uh, was because I spent uh, 15 years in Indianapolis on a, a radio station called WZPL. 
I had no desire to ever be on the air. I wanted to be picking those songs that made people feel things. Uh, and we had uh, a new D- a new morning DJ start named Dave Smiley. He didn't have a co-host, and I I joke that it took him 15 years to find one because they they put me on the air and they wouldn't let me not be on the air. They were like, you you're you're good at this. You guys connect. You have chemistry, which is so important in, in a show. And um, I, I really struggled with that because I, I did not want to be in the public. And um, my, uh, my director of programming at the time said, this is something that you're good at. It's a natural fit for you. So you need to figure out how to make your peace with that and enjoy it. And how I made my peace with that was, okay, if I'm going to be in the public, then what can I do to serve the public? Um, and so my entire on-air career was really about um, how, how can this benefit other people? And Make-A-Wish was already tied in with WZPL and had been a part of my life. Um, and the Request-a-thon is, is now going into its 20 third year and I've been a, a part of 22 of them. <laughs> so uh, last year when there was a lot of changes here in Indianapolis in the uh, radio landscape, I uh, got a call from Make-A-Wish and kind of like you said, Tom, I, uh, I I was asked, would you like to join Make-A-Wish and run the request-a-thon uh, from our side of things? And even though I had no idea, I've never been a nonprofit, didn't know some of the words that they were using. <laughs> I just said yes, because it, it felt right. It felt like I was in some ways always sort of steering towards, uh, towards uh, being a part of Make-A-Wish full time. Yeah, I'm loving this story because I am getting to know you through conversations like this and our planning sessions, but also through following you. So it's really easy for anyone who follows you to see your passion for music. I think one of the recent ones was the virtual orchestra. So the mul- the multiple artists. Uh, yeah, see, like this, <laughs> as you posted it, you, you said like, okay, here, here's a piece of music from the Avengers movie. Good luck get tissues kind of thing because yes. it, it was moving and it was super powerful to see those young artists um, continuing to practice their passion and to, to create something that beautiful. And when you listen to that, like it does, it causes an emotion and you're immediately connected to, um, you know, that artist and the, the heart that they're pouring into the instrument that they're playing you're connected to the visuals of the heroic story that the Avengers is and um, connected to, you know, the people you've been able to enjoy that movie alongside. So I thought of my own kids. It was, so it was really easy to see that you have a true passion for music and that 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 passion was driven by the emotions that music can create. So I've enjoyed things like that coming out of your feed. And then Another thing you said in your story was that I, I, you didn't want this, which is really interesting that you're doing it and you're really, really, really good at it, too. And it uh, took someone kind of tapping your shoulder to say, hey, you've got this, you've got this ability, you've got this skill set, and I want to stretch you a little bit. I'm not going to stretch you to the point where you break, but I want you to do this. 
And the more and more you do this, your comfort zone is going to grow and expand and you're going to grow as an individual and you're going to achieve things you didn't think were possible. And we need you to show up and do those things. How would an awesome leader to give you that encouragement and what you practice true bravery because you said yes, because a lot of people don't want to get out of their comfort zone and and to embark on journeys like that because they're terrifying and they take a lot of energy. Yes. And you have no idea where they're going. And, you know, all those things were definitely true for you, but you still said yes. Uh, well, you know, and I, I, I have you know, learned since then uh, exactly what you're saying. I, I think it's so important sometimes for us to recognize that other people can see ability in us that we we see as just part of who we are. Right. I mean, you know, I've I've talked with people who have these amazing technical abilities because I am I'm 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 a dreamer. I'm a creator. I don't want to I don't want to edit. I'm not good at that. I don't you know, like I I, I don't want to talk about business. I just want to I just want to share stories and connect with people and and, and 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 get an emotional reaction and bring a community together. And so someone who uh, has that technical skill might not see that as like a natural ability, but we, we need your natural ability. And I think so often people don't realize that their natural ability is valuable to other people who don't have that. You know? Yes. And the things we take for granted, right? Right. Cause we're just like, this is what I do. This isn't like we don't see it as special. I did I for years I would sit with my my program director and say, I don't understand what you mean that I'm good at this. I don't know what that means. You know? And so I think it's it's really important to have people around you who can say, This is what I see in you. And trust that, even if it sounds scary or it doesn't sound to you like it's special, other people can see what you what you were meant to do sometimes better than you can. Very well said. And you just have to have a little bit of faith and say yes to that that nudge that they're giving you. And allow yourself to take that next step forward and know that you're not stepping forward alone, but you've got those individuals who originally encouraged you. They're they're not those people who see good in you and get you going, they're not gonna abandon you in you know, you just have to trust that the journey you're about to embark on is one, a journey a lot of other people have embarked on. And as you go out on this journey, those people who encourage you to get started, they're going to encourage you to keep going. And you just have to enjoy that collegiality and that connection and have fun with it. Because if you, if you don't treat it like play, it's going to feel like work. Yes. <laughs> I, I, have, I have definitely learned that I would uh, rather feel like I'm playing than working. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy to tell that you're a playful spirit for sure just in the decor of your office and the demeanor that you carry yourself with it's easy to to see that you never really grew up uh no no i i sure didn't and that was sort of you know part of the the community that i was able to create which in a way uh benefited me was the nerd community um i had i had always 
like Captain America has been my hero uh, since I could look at a comic book. And even I don't even think I could read the words yet when I connected with him. Um, and so that was so important to me. And I saw Star Wars. Uh, Empire Strikes Back was the first real movie, like not cartoon movie that I saw in theaters. And and so I grew up, you know, loving Princess Leia and, and, and Black Widow. And it wasn't really normal <laughs> at that time, especially, you know, for, for a girl to be into this. So uh, in, in figuring out how to connect with people, I, I really wanted other people to have a place where if you love this stuff, uh, then join us. You don't, you know, like this is just fun. We, uh, you know, the podcast that I do is, is called Fandom Meets Fun, because if you're looking for a place to, to nerd out with people and feel like it's normal because there's lots of other people doing it. Join us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I never want anyone to feel alone like I felt growing up in that I didn't have the same interests as most people did. Yes. I, the technology we have nowadays allows us to join those communities. Um, the interesting thing, I'm reading the book Tribes. I'm really close to being done with it. Have you read the book Tribes? I have not. Okay. So in it, um, the the author is Seth Godin. It was recommended by uh, someone here local named Jason Barnaby. He's become a mentor and a tribe member of mine, encouraged me to read it. And in the book, they talk a lot about this phenomenon in which we have the ability to form communities across the globe due to our expansive network. The the technology allows us to do that. And, and he was saying in this, the technology makes it possible, but the leader actually makes it occur. So even with all those people having these individual interests and these inner nerds that live within them, someone still has to step up as a leader and say, I give you permission to embrace who you are as that nerd, and I've created a safe space for you to come and celebrate that with people who respect that in you. And, you know, so you you are a tribe builder in some ways. You've created a community. So all these people had all these passions and interests, and, but maybe they didn't always have a space where they could practice those things. And I think that's really cool what you've done. And to be honest, I'm like a little jealous. That's the journey I'm trying to embark on is I think there's people out in the world that nerd out about making things better. So that's where this episode, this, this whole series idea about the improvement nerds has come from is that I, I love to take problems and bring people together and discuss those, those opportunities and to ask for those people's ideas. And then, you know, experiment with those ideas and see them get traction and, and to see the problem get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And the, the teams I led, they loved it. And I met other people that were doing the same thing. And I'm like, man, like being a project manager, being a black belt isn't all about, you know, being rigid and unattached, you know, keeping the fourth wall kind of thing. It's about playing and giving people a space where they can be themselves and dream a little bit about if we were to get past this problem, what would it look like on the other side? So that's where improvement nerds came from. I love it. And I'm, I'm reading that book and a lot of the stuff that he talks about in it and the things you just said and the things I'm realizing in myself is 
you you gotta embrace who you are and then show up as the leader that encourages everyone else that they they should be themselves too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you uh, read the book, uh, The Dream Manager? Are you? Oh boy. Are you? Fr- uh oh. <laughs> I'm right. I'm writing it down. Okay. It's it's really fabulous, and I I. I it, it is all about, um, it's really, it's, it's about a, a company who, I mean, they clean toilets. There's a janitor, janitorial company and, and two men who went, how do we, how do we, they had a turnover problem. Like, how do you keep people motivated when you're, it's, it's janitorial work. Um, and they started investing in their employees' dreams and, um, it's I it's so fantastic like I'm reading this book going why why does uh, every company not just have a dream manager why is there not someone sitting in this building going it's okay that maybe your dream isn't to you know sit here and 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 do numbers what is it do you want to go to a do you want to you want to go to a Cubs game someday? That's your dream. You want to you want a home ownership? Like having somebody that is invested in your dreams, um, you know, uh, it, it gives you permission to dream. Which I think that a lot of times, as we you know have those goals and that you know here's my plan and here's where I expect to be, is that sometimes what can happen is that you lose you lose the fun part of the dream. Um, yeah, look up the dream manager. It's, it's fantastic. And I'm already with, with make a wish on my HR people to bring a dream manager in for our, our next all staff. And, you know, I, I don't know that we could really have a dream manager on staff at, at make a wish, but it's really, it's, it's what we do for kids, but it's giving adults permission to do it too. It's, it's amazing. I think it's brilliant. Yes. It, it's truly brilliant. So I'm making a couple of connections here and I want to switch us to the thing that nerds you out, but I want to draw on two things that you, one you said pretty early on was um, embracing the inner child and giving people space to where they can be the nerd that they are and not feel pressured to grow up or become something they're not. So pr- protecting that um, I don't know the word to use, but it would be like that naivety. Oh, I love that word. Have yes. you ever seen the word naivety written? I don't think I could write it. If, if we're doing oh, a I spelling could've... bee right now, I'm failing. Oh, gosh. Okay. So another book. This will be the last book we bring up because okay. otherwise this episode is going to be four hours. Yep. Okay. So in the book, Not Impossible, uh, which is um, just a great read about the maker movement. So in it, he writes the word naivety, and I read it like three times. I'm like, what is that word? And he's basically saying it's this um, period in your life where you believe everything's possible because you haven't experienced failure, and you go after everything with um, carelessness and excitement and real good energy. And he's like, if you're to solve any problem, you got to have some healthy dose of naivety to be successful. You have to believe it's possible in order to go after it. And he said that comes so naturally in children. And so I think what you're trying to do in some ways is to allow adults to go back to that space where things were safe and fun and playful and everything was possible. And then you talked about this dream maker movement. And what you just said is we do that for kids, but no one's doing that for us as adults. And we need dream dream makers as adults. And so those two things obviously um, have 
have put put you in the right line of work. Just those two the elements of what you just said to be with Make-A-Wish. So that's your role currently is to promote Make-A-Wish and to get people engaged in Make-A-Wish. So I, I'm that's why you and I really got connected as I saw that the organization was important to you and that you were passionate about it and you were, you know, trying to identify others that were passionate about it too and just amplify that passion. So that drew me to you. So that's when I kind of saw your inner nerd. I'm like, she's doing some really cool stuff. I got to get her to talk about that. So let's get you to talk about that. So K- KJ, what's that one thing that nerds you out? Um, you know, I, I, I do think it's, you know, it's as simple as, as the dream. Um, you know, it, I, I really do. I know we were talking about it a little bit. I don't have, I don't have more than that. Um, but what, what I have uh, had the the honor of doing is, uh, you know, creating a, a community through my social brands and uh, my media network of allowing uh, people to come to a safe place and and share their nerdiness, uh, and then in turn share with them uh, the journey that I have been on in in. in uh, hundreds of wish kids that I have had the honor to work with and help them dream um, and it, it introduce them to that because we we consider uh, when we talk about the wish uh, at, as make a wish we say together we are granting uh, life changing experiences to children with critical illnesses. Uh, and I always tell people it, it, it because it's not just life changing for the child; it's life changing for everyone who is involved. Uh, you want to know what it's like to dream, or you think I can't? I can't remember the last time that I that I sat around and thought about what are my dreams. Sit with a child, and you know, I mean, their dreams are unlimited. You know, I mean, it. It. it, it and being a, a wish granting volunteer you are charged with helping that child really get to the heart of what does it, what does it mean to you? What's the one thing? Um, and we go through the series of, of, you know, if you could have anything, what would you like to have? If you could go anywhere, where would you like to go? If you could be anything, what would you like to be? You know, if, if, if you could do anything, what is it? And so you start to, you start to shape their dream. And you help them figure out what that is. And it's um, something that when you're doing that with a child, when you you think about the other people around you, you can't help but want that for your loved ones too. You know, you it's it, it's just such an amazing experience that if you don't know how to dream or you feel like, I don't know what my passion is or where I belong, uh, you know, I am, I invite you into the wish journey because these kids will, these kids will help you dream again. Yes. This is, you know, something that I find to be really critical, not just in how people lead their lives, but how organizations lead their own people. So, you know, part of this episode is, uh, or of the improvement nerds is improvement made in self, in teams, in organizations, and communities. So ideas that span all those things really excite me because giving back and serving others 
so that they can achieve their dreams is really altruistic and it, it will give people so individuals that volunteer oftentimes you hear them say i got more out of this than i gave so um that in self people will grow individually in teams that come together and work together to raise awareness about something or to um, collect funds and pool funds to do a charitable donation those relationships become hardened and um, permanent because they do something pretty profound organizations that are philanthropic and see that their mission is important and that they want individuals in their organization that share those passions that are mission driven too. So those organizations that are purpose driven are more successful than those that aren't. And then uh, those other organizations, they also, yeah, they do great work for their customers, the people who consume their services and their products. That's kind of a direct impact, but just in the way that they serve has a role model in their local community, um, creates improvement in neighborhoods and in cities and things like that. So, you know, what what you're doing through use of social media, building these tribes and bringing these people together and allowing them to connect in order to make an impact is really, really cool. And I think uh, individuals want to be able to do that. And I think organizations want to be able to do that. But coordinating all that activity is really, really hard work. And you're, in some ways, keeping the message going, keeping the energy high, and playing air traffic control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it definitely feels like that sometimes. But, I, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm, I, I say yes when someone says, uh, you know, can you tell me more about this? Uh, can you help me with this? Can we have this conversation? The answer is always yes, because it... Um, it has led me to so many great people. If I, you know, like it, it led me down so many paths that maybe I wouldn't have taken. Um, even the podcast community has been something that I was like, well, I, you know, people, I, I don't really know how to do a podcast, but let me start doing it. And then you're connecting with other people and you figure out um, the amazing platform that is the podcast is what are you passionate about? Because if you are passionate about it, it is going to shine through and people are going to find you who share your passion and you're going to create that community. If you're being authentic and you're being passionate, I don't care if you're passionate about making the best pen. You know, it, 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 you, if you can talk about that all day, all day, there's somebody else out there who's like, yeah, man, the pen is the cornerstone to my success. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing way to really, uh, really connect and, and see that, that we're, we're all a lot more alike than we realize. And every weird thing that you think no one else could possibly care about this, uh, they do. Uh, so it's, it, it's just a, a neat way to, to share passion, but saying yes to those things is what has put me, um, you know, in this, this position that I, I take so seriously. And that if you've come to my community, I, I have a duty to you to make sure that you feel safe, that you know, that you're included. And is there something that you want to do that we're not doing? Um, as far as serving, you know, I mean, Make-A-Wish has been a great way to sort of connect some of these nerds that I know and saying, I've got a, I've got a little girl who 
is going through cancer and she wants to go to London to see the Harry Potter studios. You know, what can we do to, to help this? And, and we ended up last year having a, a Harry Potter trivia night in her honor and everybody wore Harry Potter stuff. And, and that night has now become so important because she was supposed to go on her wish in June and, and, and she can't, you know? And so that the fact that she had this whole community, this one night that came together and, and, and raised money and supported her and, and dressed up in their Harry Potter stuff, just like she loves to do. I mean, it's, it, 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 it is everything about serving all in one night, but also serving in a way that's fun. You know, I mean, it, it, it's been amazing. And, um, you know, that was last year and, and she just turned 16 and we had a virtual birthday party for her. And I reached out to people who had gone to that party and said, look, you know, Isabel is, is sad. Her 16th birthday, she's beat cancer and she can't leave her house and she's not going to get to go on her wish just yet. What can we do? And the, the outpouring of support and, you know, wishing her happy birthday from the UK and from Mexico. And, um, you know, I mean, it was just hundreds and hundreds of people who said, hey, we're still thinking about you. And these were people that are nerds. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, you know I mean, it's it, it's been a really incredible journey to uh, to meet people who say, yes, I want to be a part of this and then be able to see what we can do together. The creativity I've seen through the community you've created has been very uplifting. I think a lot of people feel confined and are giving up on their ideas because they can't see the next step to take. All they see is, you know, chaos or barriers or uncertainty. And they've got these ideas in their head and they're staying there right now and watching your feed and seeing some of the creative things you and your community is doing is really helping to lift, not just my spirits, but I'm sure a lot of people. Um, I think the most recent one was the young child. It was, I think it was a boy. We don't have to say his name, Um, but he wanted to experience what it was like to go to all 50 States. Right. So that was a cool thread to follow as people were making videos and they were uploading them and, you know, giving them greetings from different parts of our country. You know, I, I was tuning in in some ways because those were states that were on my bucket list to go see. Yeah. So you could see. You can, sorry. It's okay. You can see it. Yeah, this it's, is. It's a lot. Really happy, they're happy tears for sure. Yeah. You, you can see the joy in the creator of those films, how much fun they were having and um, the passion that they were having. And so it was definitely something they gained from. And I'm sure has all these videos compiled and made their way to the child who had made the wish that kid experienced joy too. So there's joy on both sides of this equation. What the make a wish does or in any act of giving does is you gain when you give in the person who receives gains as well. And joy occurs on both sides of that, that exchange. And I think that can be very difficult, especially right now when we're feeling, you know, very isolated. Like, I don't know, I, you know, how can I give? And, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, the, the moments that you, like that you just had, I've had them and I've had days where I'm like, how do I give hope to, you know, we're calling kids and saying, that hope that you had going through your treatment, 
and it, now it has to wait a little bit longer, like that can weigh on you. And so, um, you know, I, I encourage anyone, number one, have those days if you need to have them. Uh, but when you're not sure what to do, the, the fuel that you need is to step outside of yourself and just give a little something to someone else, even if it's just writing a note to a, 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 a veteran. If it's, you know, like you don't have to give a lot, but the second that you give, it's almost like you just automatically are giving back to you too. I mean, that's, um, it, it's so important to realize when you are in a place of maybe I don't know what my passion is, or I don't, I don't know what I nerd out about, uh, you know, try just giving, like, what's something that you really like that you'd love to receive? Go give that to someone else. You know, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it's just, it, 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 it's amazing how simple it sounds, but it's also difficult on those days where you feel like I can't, I can't do anymore. Um, to think about what's one little thing that maybe you can do because you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back threefold. You know, the, yeah. the second that you have an impact on someone's life, even it's as, as simple as, you know, paying for the Starbucks for the person behind you. It's you get so much out of out of out of the act that you have done to help someone. Yes. When people find out that I had done Iron Man, so I'll wear a hat or a T-shirt or whatever, and it strikes up conversations. And um, so when my college roommate and I embarked on the journey, it was catalyzed by suffering and loss. He and his wife had a pretty um, rough year, and I won't give you all the details. There was things that happened in that year that I don't think I could endure myself. And they rose, has a family, and showed love and shared their story and and shared it with others to help lift them up. So when they faced loss, they found ways to give. What amazing people. And, um, you know, a year after that, he started to talk about this idea of challenging himself to celebrate the journey that they went on. And he wanted to do it and raise funds for Make-A-Wish. So... At, the, at this point, my wife had done an Ironman and I had not, and I didn't plan to. Um, so, you know, I was just going to fly under the radar. And, you know, he came and he wouldn't let me say no. And, uh, you know, I always find it's better to say yes when you want to say no. So I said yes to this. Mm-hmm. And I had done marathons before and I thought, okay, I could put this together. I was more concerned about like the fundraising target and if we'd be able to hit that. Um, but any target, any fundraising target, if you raise a dollar, you did more than you would have done if you said no to the journey. So, yes. you know, the fact that he wanted to raise funds was all I really should have been focusing on, not how much he wanted to raise. So I said yes, and we trained for this, and we go do our first race in Chattanooga, and there was flooding in the valley, so they canceled our swim. And the day before, he and I, we talked and we're like, you know, I want to do the full thing. I want to honor these donors and I want to, you know, check this box to say we we did the whole race. We completed this whole journey. And uh, so we weren't able to do that in Chattanooga, but we signed up for another race two weeks later to go do Ironman Louisville. So I did two Ironman races in 15 days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's it was something I didn't think was possible. But when people ask, how did it go? I tell them, because we showed up that day to do something with purpose, and in fact, we'd already achieved our goal, um, it was the easiest thing I'd ever done. 
And like, you know, when you serve, like you, what you were saying is you, you get a lot. Well, because we were running that race to serve others, like we were bulletproof that day. And it was just such a profound experience to see, you know, he was still struggling with the loss that he and his family had endured and that his wife had endured. She came and she, she watched and was cheering him on. So, you know, just to see that they were still forging ahead and not giving up gave me strength. And looking around on that race day, realizing that I wasn't the only person there that day with a purpose and wasn't going to give up on that purpose lifted me up. So just communities of people coming together are embracing each other. And in that embrace, everyone on that day or in whatever goal they're trying to achieve becomes slightly more capable. And it becomes easier and more fun because you're not trying to do it alone. Yes. And I think in some ways, like that um, is what you do. That's almost anything meaningful or big or transformative that has ever happened has happened in the same way. It's a bunch of people with a common interest, a shared passion, a, a dream they want to see occur, grinding it out to actually get there. Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, it means so much to know that, that, uh, I know you say it was, it was easy, but I know those things aren't. Um, but the fact that you, you know, that you chose make a wish, uh, knowing uh, the impact that, that you would have, it's, um, it, it, it always makes me happy to hear somebody else's journey with make a wish because it's, mm-hmm. it's such a personal, uh, it, it, it's such a personal story and everyone is different, but everyone, you know, it has that, that hope and that happiness and that it didn't, it didn't feel like I was, it didn't even feel like I was doing something, you know, it was so effortless because it mattered so much. Yeah. What a great way to summarize it. And I, I'm in admiration for the Make-A-Wish program because they showed up in a big way for a family um, that really needed hope. And I'm thankful that, you know, um, they gave and that family grew and in their growth, that family was able to make a choice to, to give back. So giving oftentimes creates like a reciprocal uh, effect where those who get give, and that is yet another wave of people who get, and they give too. It's almost like a multiplier effect to see it all happen. I was you know, three layers removed from the Make-A-Wish organization. They helped my friend whose son benefited from the program. And, you know, I was just on the peripheral watching all this stuff happen. And I wanted to get involved. And I think when people are generous and are giving in that way, it multiplies and everyone chips in and and benefits. And it's really uh, amazing to see sometimes, like you said, with your friend's family and giving back to Make-A-Wish, the the amount of times that we see wish families after, you know, they, they've had their wish say, now what can we do to, now what can we do to help other wish families get their wish? And, and sometimes those are, you know, sometimes those are tough journeys. Uh, I have a very dear friend who, I met through the the Make a Wish Requestathon, which we do on on WZPL. It's a thirty six hour fundraiser every year uh, in in December, um, and you know met them. They were a Wish family, and their son came in, and it was so full of of life and so funny. And he wanted to be a gardener, and so I mean we had to help him dream a little bit bigger because like. I mean, yeah, we can 
we can go out in your yard and, you know, make a garden, but what else? And so he settled on, I shouldn't even say he settled on, he had all of these big dreams, but at the end of the day, he, he lit up at the idea of seeing how pineapples grow. Because that's oh, not something you can do in Indiana. And he went to see the pineapples and um, just had the most amazing trip. And, and then, um, you know, came back the next year and told his story. And then, you know, unfortunately, the condition that he had, uh, he eventually su- succumbed to it. And, and when that happened, um, his, his mother was, was, was pregnant with another baby. She was eight months pregnant at her son's funeral. And, you know, and to see her still smiling at the fact that, that her son had had this amazing experience and that she was going to be able to tell stories to her daughter about the brother that she didn't know and how he went to see the pineapples. Um, and, you know, all these years later, they come back every year to the request-a-thon and that little, that little girl looks just like her brother and she's so much like him. It's almost, it's it's almost like he came back to us and, and they come every year and help us raise more money. And, and that's gotta be so hard to, to, to dig that back up every year. Um, but they do it because, because at the end of the day, when they look back at their son's life, his life had, had meaning and hope and, and they got to have the most amazing experience that they get to tell people, here's how we remember our son, not, not the hospital visits, not the, you know, the, the pain and the things that he wasn't, that he didn't get to have, not the no's. They remember the yes, the yes to hope. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be making you cry, but it is. I, um, we should have had a disclaimer on this episode <laughs> at the beginning. I don't know how you deliver these messages without tears in your eyes. It's obvious it's not your first time sharing messages like this, but they're so moving and, um, the one part of this program that I think is really important to call out is these wishes don't happen by accident. They're very intentional. So part of the Make-A-Wish organization are, I don't know the correct term, correct me here. I think they're called the wish granters or the wish partners or yes. what, what's their... Yes. So we have, uh, we have a team of wish relations associates and they work with our wish grantor volunteers Every single child is uh, assigned to wish granters, uh, and when you become a wish granter volunteer, you're really on the on the front lines, and you're uh, you become a part of that that child's journey and that family, and and oftentimes you form lifelong relationships with these families uh, because the impact goes on for so much longer, even after the wishes is, is is done. It's it, it's so impactful that it it's part of their story, but it's also part of yours. Yeah. I, I read, I read a lot about design thinking and in the design thinking books, they do shine a light on the Make-A-Wish program and how these wish granters come up, help the families and help the patient come up with their wish. And, you know, the, just the process, the creative process that goes into helping um, define that wish and come up with an experience that is representative of that wish. It's really, it's a really cool process. It can't be rushed. No. You know, as the, as the kid's story unfolds and the kid talks about 
their hopes, their, their wants, their desires, their dreams, and they lay all these things out, you know, if the wish grantor is just motivated to put together a wish and, and check the box that it's done, they're going to miss the mark. So they talk about the process, you know, being about empathy and all the wish grantors are trained in empathy and has the family and the kid tells the story, you know, they help to define it and then um, manifest it, like turn it into that experience, that life-changing changing experience. So I, I think that's another part of the program. Not only are they giving, but it's how they give and get it right. They get it right all almost all the time. So I mean, so many details that go into it. I mean, that there are times yeah. where we can sit there and, and look at a wish and and it could be done. Like, okay, I mean, this could be the wish, but we don't feel like it's wish worthy yet. Like, how do we take it to the next step? How do we make it the most unforgettable experience? How do we make it life-changing? That's the purpose of the wish is, is, is to be life-changing. So, um, yes. And that is, um, that is from the top all, you know, all the way down, we're always focused on making sure that what we are doing is truly transformational for every child that we're serving. And I think that's an important part of this episode. So even if the listeners, you know, have, have not heard the make a wish program, um, but you know they they in their organization are trying to challenge themselves to give back and to create hope. Yeah, I hope I I, I was very blessed that so I worked at Community Health Network for a, almost nine years. Very altruistic organization. They have a program called Serve Three Hundred and Sixty. A lot of volunteerism, and that organization said not only are we going to do corporate social responsibility because that's you know, what's needed to be a nonprofit, you have to show that part, part of your activities is based in uh, giving back or serving your community. You know, they, they went above and beyond that and just really doubled down on investing in their communities as their, the name of the organization was. It, it was formed by the community and they stayed committed to the communities that they serve. And the way they do that is through sending their workforce out as volunteers and doing big volunteer activities. And I think that's kind of like, okay, people listening to this, like, yeah, big whoop, like almost every organization does that. Okay, yes, and here's what else they do. So they're leading the East Side Redevelopment Community. They're a key institution on the East Side, which if people listening into this aren't aware of Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, the East Side was devastated when the textile industry and the automotive industry um, transitioned to being mostly produced overseas. And um, the economy burst and a lot of individuals who had the ability to leave the east side did they moved to the north suburbs and those who couldn't leave are still on the east side facing hardship and really have been ignored for 20 years and you know they're suffering in a lot of ways they have challenges from education and infrastructure and meaningful work and access to healthy food and you know so when you serve a community like that, it's not about just making sure your people are seen in the community raking yards. You got to do a lot more than that. So the hospital said, here's how we're going to rebuild. So they've coordinated uh, with, with policymakers and they've coordinated with um, infrastructure and uh, you know, those type of agencies. They're rebuilding streets, they're pouring sidewalks, they're creating streetlights. They have uh, visit the hospital days for the local schools so that children can see 
what careers exist close to home so that they have hope to live a different life than their parents did. Like that that's the type of organization that um I hope uh can exist and is excited to exist as part of hearing stories like this. Like even if you don't know make a wish and it doesn't fill your cup, I get it. There's a lot of giving that has to give. And I think you as an individual, yeah, you could probably make a dent, but communities of people who all work together, they can give a lot more and they can really make big, big impacts. So Make-A-Wish has simply just coordinated all this passion. And I think if organizations listen to this, if they walk away and say, we're going to try to coordinate this too, so that we can make a sizable dent in whatever purpose we want to fulfill, let's make this thing happen. So for me, like one of the things when we were doing our our pre-work for this episode, I immediately started to think of world-class organizations that that have really doubled down on philanthropy. And I think those organizations are worth spotlighting as well. So Make-A-Wish is a tremendous organization, but there are tons of organizations and tons of people that are rallying together to make a big difference. And I hope that people listening to this, if if they aren't involved in those activities, to to show up and try to make those things happen either through their work or through their connections, through their friends, whatever, you know, challenge people to be better in this way. They will thank you for it. I actually had a friend, Travis Lozier, who once apologized to me for asking me to give to Families First, which is a nonprofit here in, in Indianapolis. He felt guilty for asking me to show up and give. And I said, Travis, don't you ever apologize to anyone for challenging them to be a better person. What I gave that day, I gained so much more. And I think we could show up and we could see the best in each other and we can push each other to, to rise to whatever challenges we're facing. And if we unite around it, we can do some pretty awesome things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I've always been involved with Make-A-Wish, but I, I do tell people I, there's a, I have a lot of uh, a passion for just connecting and, and making sure that we're making a difference. And, you know, our organization actually, you know, has been talking with Community Health Network and working, we work together, right? Like we're all serving a purpose. So how, if we can connect and, and amplify how we're serving, why wouldn't we? Um, so it's, I, I, you know, I, I think it's great uh, to think about what is going to be the most meaningful thing for you and what is it um, that you can do to serve that, uh, that, that organization, that need, um, because there are so many different needs that it's, you know, and we've all had different experiences. There's different reasons why things are important to us, but every, every cause is worthy. And it's just figuring out like, where can I make the most difference? Where can I take my, my talents, my natural abilities and have the most impact? I love, I love that you said every, every cause is worthy. And I think what in summary to this episode, you, there was so much. I, when I go to edit this, I do think in the in your introduction, I'm going to like warn people, like she's going to lay it on you. And you're probably going to cry because I did. But, you know, it was th- this wasn't like I was uh, upset. I was really happy to have experienced all these things because I'm pretty young. I one, I, I don't know too many people my age who have had to uh, be by their their best friend's side when that, when they had to endure something like that, like 
I didn't expect it. Like I, I would expect something like that to occur when I was 50 or 60 mm-hmm. to, to have to show up in a situation like that. But I, and I didn't want to show up. I wanted to, I wanted to hide from it because yeah. I didn't think I was strong enough to actually do it. Um, but that's living, right? It, you need to be there when times are good and when times are hard and, and showing up is the best that you can do. You don't have to have the right answers. You just physically being present and committing to support that person is really, really important. So that's, that I was kind of tearing up because, um, you know, I grew so much as an individual as a result of watching the strength that my friend and his family had shown. And I know that so many other families face challenges like that and they, they rise to them. And like, I'm just thankful my family hasn't faced challenges like that. So a little bit of like gratitude that I'm thankful we haven't had those challenges, but I'm also thankful that if we ever do, I know that I can rise to them because of the people I've surrounded myself with. So like all my tears were like joy and happiness. I've just counted my blessings that I'm fortunate to not have these events. And, and if I were to, that there's organizations like you and there's friends that I have that are going to be right there to make sure that I can get past them. Absolutely. It's about your tribes. <laughs> it's all about your tribes. What a, wow. What a great episode. Um, I'm tired. Like, I'm sorry. You, you, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> I, but I, and I'm sure people who listen to this, like uh, you helped them look deep within and, and hopefully they've found that nugget that they, that amber that they need to ignite again, to, to find ways to give back. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, you just really have to think about like, well, how could I be the most effective? You know, like, what is it that I have to give? Because there's somebody out there who needs it. Yeah. What a, not, what a powerful message. I can't thank you enough for coming on to the Improvement Nerds and, and sharing that. And I hope that you've inspired people. And I hope that they, they follow you and look at the, all the content you're producing because it does it creates a lot of joy and it's a lot of fun to, to watch the community that you're building and what this community is capable of doing together. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm glad that we, we got connected. Uh, you know, had we not had to move to a virtual world, I don't know that we would have, <laughs> that, that we would have crossed paths. So I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to, uh, you know, not only to, to be here today on your show, but uh, just the fact that we've had some amazing conversations and share so much passion for making a difference in the world. Great. Likewise, I celebrate those same things. What a powerful episode with KJ. Very thankful that she came on to the show and to encourage us as individuals and his organizations to find ways to give. After the episode, KJ and I reconnected and she'd asked if I'd help support Make-A-Wish in their 40th anniversary as a fundraiser. The obvious answer was yes. To all the improvement nerds out there who make a difference, thanks for the things you do. 